0: Hi, Hannah.
1: Hi, Evan. How's it going?
0: It's going pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to record a design doc i'm not going to say that if it's a lie it's not a lie <laughs> <Let's>...
0: <laughs> is it true or is it a lie <laughs> don't don't lie to me hen <laughs> i
1: am excited to record a design doc it always just takes us like a it's hard for us to get started
0: yeah, it's hard to get into the mode.
1: I don't know why. I, it would be so awesome if we were two people who could just sit down and like, go, like just go. We were just so, so charismatic and enthusiastic, and and uh, oh, I mean, I
0: think our charisma is just fine. <laughs> our
1: charisma is like, undeniable hurting for charisma. <laughs> what is it then? Motivation? It doesn't feel like motivation. We just, we, we just, are, struggle. we're recording
0: in different spaces for the first time in a while. Yeah, that might be throwing our groove off a little.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But whatever, we whatever. can recover the groove.
1: I've already recovered. So yeah, what are what are we talking about today?
0: Today we're talking about uh how we're not going to do a Kickstarter <laughs> and we're going to sell our existing games rather than immediately making a new one.
1: Yeah. It's not really it's not an episode about Kickstarter though. It's an episode about like All of these games that we've made over the years, and that it's time for us to switch to getting them to the people who might be interested in them.
0: Right. We went to a a convention, PAX Unplugged, a couple weeks ago. And for me, one aspect of that was we brought all of our stock, we laid it all out on the table so people could browse it all. And as I looked down at that, it's just like, we've made a lot. Yeah. of things. We've made a lot of books, a lot of games in a huge variety of tones and styles. Like we've already done all that.
1: It's kind of amazing because, you know, there was this, for years we've been building something and now it's time for the people t- to come.
0: <laughs> yeah, we built it.
1: We built it.
0: They got to come.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, so we we have a dedicated office space for the first time ever. And you know, we're not this isn't like some fancy uh, fancy high rise or anything. It's just it is a room in my house, but it's the the sole purpose of that room is just to be the turtle bun office. And I'm not just saying that for when, you know, the tax people come after us and are like, (laughs) (laughs) are you sure this isn't also a guest room? It's not. It's like, it is 100% turtle bun office. And when we spent a day last week really pulling the office together, you made this lovely shelf of everything we've ever made that we have in physical form. And it's I mean, it's so cool. Like, it's not just all of our games. It's like the decks of cards that we've produced as little limited editions in various Kickstarters. Whether yeah. that was a good idea or not, that's not it. what the shelf is about. We did it. <laughs> and, uh, it's like little – there's a token on the shelf from a good dog, bad zombie, damn the man, save the music crossover dog. And I, yeah. I didn't even remember – I didn't remember making that.
0: Right. Like, we have a huge history at this point of making stuff. Like, it's just gotten to that point. It's been eight years.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's felt really good for me to be sort of reacquainted with what we've done. And also a little bit like, it's a little sad that that I even had to be reacquainted, that some of this stuff felt like it was, you know, tucked into dusty corners. Which I think happened because we've just been in in a huge hurry. Just like from project to project, game to game, rushing to the next thing.
1: Yeah. So why why is that? I mean, I'm it's so this is like one of those things where I'm like, I already know the answer, but I'm asking for the people. <laughs> I know I bet the oh, people probably yeah, also know that, the answer. That's
0: in their voice. Gotcha. <laughs>
1: why is that, Evan? I'm asking you. As stranger design talk listener.
0: Money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's money. Yeah, of course. It's like everybody. It's just, it's money.
0: Yeah. So I think there's like a little bit of a larger answer than just money. I think it is about the way that Kickstarter money works. Mm. I know this episode isn't about Kickstarter. I'm I know, not making I'm, it about Kickstarter. I really,
1: I was so firm about that in the beginning. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> but. In Kickstarter, all the money comes up front in a big lump sum, and you get the money, you use it to fund the work, the production, the time, and that amount just sort of goes lower and lower and lower, until by the time you're done, it's at its lowest point. And you're like, we need money. Yeah. Oh, no. And like that's that feeling has accompanied the end of every Kickstarter fulfillment we've ever done. That feeling Mm -hmm. of like, we used it.
1: We used the money. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And there are business models that aren't like that where money comes in a way that's more like just month to month, purchase to purchase. Yeah. In a steadier way. And what we've dealt with Over the years is a lot of difficulty in making the shift from fundraising through Kickstarter, which we've gotten reasonably competent at, to becoming a visited storefront and regularly selling the stock of what we've already made, which we're basically beginners at in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, at this point, are we? I guess I, I sort of, in some ways, I feel like this is this transition point where we're not beginners at this anymore.
0: Yeah, I guess we've like we've been consistently trying to sell stuff like in between the Kickstarter work, in between the new product work, wherever we can fit it. I feel like we've gotten very good at making a website. I think we're very good at receiving an order and fulfilling it and taking care of the whole, like, the paperwork, the mailing procedure. But I don't think we're so good at sort of directing a steady stream of people toward our things to buy it.
1: Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's a struggle for us.
0: So... What makes this a hard turn and what makes it so we keep running back to Kickstarter is because that steady stream is a slow build, right? Like, it doesn't come in a big burst the way that a Kickstarter does. It's about gradually getting the word out. Yeah. Like, have like a self-building property. Like, the more people who are regularly buying stuff, the more presence your things have, the more people are talking about them, the more people are playing the game.
1: Something that came to mind for me when you were talking about Kickstarter is there's, you know, the financial effect of the upfront, like all the money comes up front and there it is in this lump sum to do your thing. But when I think about the idea that we haven't been great at selling our games, like after now suddenly we have this palette full of games and some of them go to Kickstarter backers and then there are hundreds more that we still have to sell. Uh, Uh So Kickstarter also, it it doesn't tug at my self-confidence in the same way as selling our games for the other, like, you know, 334 days of the year or however long, you know, however long those days are just carved out for Kickstarter because, there's, there's this excuse that I feel when running a Kickstarter that's even if it's like a little hand-waving and apologetic, it's like, all right, you guys, I'm going to be like really extra for these 30 days and then don't worry, you won't hear from me again. Like for 30 right. days, it's going to be all about Noirlandia or all about Questlandia and it's everybody's going to be expected to share it. And after that, I feel like I just don't have like permission to be annoying. And when I think about talking about our games and asking people to buy them and visit our website, I just feel annoying and like undeserving.
0: Uh, I'm right there with you, which is unfortunate, (laughs) unfortunate uh, (laughs) dynamic of our <laughs> of our co-working. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know it's too bad we're right there with each other on this specific thing. Like I, one of us, I uh it's something that I appreciated so much about Brian, uh who we yeah. worked with at Make Big Things, was that like Brian was just able to always be in the space of like, and now we got to sell the things. And sometimes that looks like buying ads. And like, I know that ads are a little cringy, but like, here's the way that we've reached people in different target audiences. And, and I was like, no, ah, yuck, yikes. I don't know how to do this. And this feels weird. And, uh, he just like brought this really confident energy to it and it, it worked.
0: Yeah. I want to like recover it. I want or emulate it. I guess is the word like, I remember you saying to him, but what if we make an ad and nobody clicks on it? (laughs) Which is like that same social thing, right? Where it's like, oh, that's so cringy. Yeah. And he was like, oh, well, then we, we stop it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we do a different one
1: yeah with the social part with the social part though and i mean this is why it's hard i i mean you know ads have some overlap with an ad what you're putting in and the risk is like less the social part and more like uh, you've sunk some money into this ad with the social part it's like oh i sunk my soul into this tweet though
0: <laughs> yeah
1: Or this Instagram post, like that's me. I made this and I care about this. And this was this was the post that I made telling people that my game was released and it got three clicks or something. Well, like, what does this say about me?
0: And there is a different flavor, too, to saying, listen, everybody, I'm so excited. I'm making this new thing. And like, join me in that excitement. And It's sort of like it doesn't feel pompous to me for somebody to say that. I'm like, that's what it should be like to make something creative. It should feel real good.
1: Right? Yeah. Like you were you deserve that excitement.
0: After it's done, you're like, hey, I'm so excited. I made this great game and I think everybody should buy it. I have it in a box now. It's so (laughs) good. Uh, Yeah. For me, it's like there's something this is bad. But for me, there's something like just like mildly off-putting about liking something after you've finished it. <laughs> I'm like, haven't you moved on? Like, haven't, Don't you have a better idea by now? You're still into it? Well, it's
1: a, I mean, it's a really different type of ask too. Like the ask, the first ask was like, get on board with me being excited about this thing that I'm making, like share my enthusiasm and my idea. The second ask, I think for a lot of people is like, we'll buy it. Like you said, you said you were excited now, like prove it. <laughs> and that's right. even though that's not a, that's not explicitly what's being asked necessarily i think that's how it can feel for the asker and for the receiver of that information
0: yeah that's a good point like it's making me feel like like the kickstarter ask is like get on board with me and my goal and my excitement but the post kickstarter ask isn't really about us anymore it's like We have a physical object here. It's a product to evaluate and purchase. There's like
1: one more thing to do. There's just one thing to do. It's click that button and spend your money. And that's a a big ask.
0: Well, I feel like, you know, when we ask somebody to support something we're making and we're excited about, there's no consumer reports angle. You don't like, I mean, you can do a little bit of like, who are these people? Do I want to support them? But there's not like, how many pounds do they weigh? How many pages long are they? What's their average review on amazon.com? <laughs> like,
1: when you said pounds, do they weigh? I don't know. I was like, us? How? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what mean- I
0: mean. Like, we aren't measurable the way that a physical product oh, is.
1: Oh, you do be. Me- <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, like
0: you don't evaluate us the same way <laughs> yes, that yeah. you do when you're shopping for shoes or headphones or something. <laughs> yeah, Sure. And so suddenly it's like, if I'm going to sell a Questlandia, it's all about the product, this, this book as a product, the rules, the pages. And it's less about me being like, I've got a dream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so in our, our last episode, we talked about like healing our relationship with this game that we'd worked on for a really long time. Questlandia. Right. Uh, we came up with some good ideas. And I I felt like genuinely helped by that episode. And we've actually managed to like turn back to the things that we talked about a few times, like when we when we're slipping <laughs> and and feel happy again and feel excited again. So yeah. I feel like that was a good first step: was like get reacquainted with this game, be excited about this game. And now there's this next step that we're moving into which is like we have this game and we have all of these others we don't plan on doing another kickstarter immediately phase two this is phase two Yeah. so what what does that look like
0: so we have some notes which i want to get to but as we introduce the topic it brought to mind a whole other idea which is just like something we hadn't mentioned before in our notes It's doing, I guess what I would call like, like web store 101 kind of maneuvers, like literally what you would find on a guide for bringing traffic to a website, which involves a lot of stuff that I find just sort of instinctually a little repellent.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, like what?
0: Like, uh... Okay, it's going to be all about getting your search results up. Oh, yeah. Think about what people are searching for that you want your games to pop up for, like fantasy adventure game or something, you know, (laughs) of like getting into that competition of the search results and then also like reinforcing it by structuring the text of your web pages by writing articles that will be picked up by google robots like this is stuff that like i haven't like read through 101 courses this is what i've picked up secondhand and it's my understanding of what that work looks like yeah and from the distance i'm at i'm like a little grossed out and I don't want to even learn more that feels like a little a little snooty like a little like <laughs> like sometimes there's just this is like a legitimate part of the work and the platform we're selling stuff on. So I did want to throw that out there. It's like one of the possibilities that we can be thinking about for making that transition is just, I guess part of what makes it distasteful is it kind of feels like leaving behind the persona of being a creative person who's making things that I care about to communicate with people and putting on a persona of somebody who's looking at those numbers, yeah, and trying to game the system, and I'm like, no, I just want to be like a poverty-stricken creator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I feel like this is something that we we have gotten much better at. Like we we have another website redesign coming up pretty soon that we're like working on on the back end, <laughs> um, uh-huh. but we've taken strides to try to make things clearer over the past year. And, well, okay, can I talk about perfume for a minute?
0: (laughs) Of course.
1: All right. So, as you know, over the past year, I've gotten really into the world of niche fragrance. And this isn't just like, you know, uh, like goth indie companies making like fragrance oils that smell like, like pumpkin and gravestones or whatever. Like, I'm obsessed with like $400 bottles of trash that's like marketed towards people who live in penthouses. And like, I want to like get my nose on this shit and smell it. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) like, I, like I, and I, you know, I'm never going to buy the bottles, but you can buy samples. And I spend my days just, you know, spending a few dollars here and there buying samples and just like seeing what it would be like to like own a palace in the Alps. Uh-huh. So I'm approaching this hobby as like a as an, a new hobbyist. There are things that I want to buy. Like I, w- I want the juice. <laughs> and yeah. to, to do that, I have to go to these sites that sell samples and I have to immediately find out a few things. Like, is this site maintained? Am I even on a site that's like active? Is this new? Do these people care about this? Like, is if I order from this business, um, is my order going to go somewhere? A surprising Mm -hmm. amount of these sites, like, I don't trust that. It doesn't look like it will go anywhere. (laughs) Um, Can I search by what what my tastes are? is the site set up in such a way that me coming there as a new person, can I filter by mood of smells? Can I filter by the base notes? Can I filter by season? And, you know, I mean, a person coming to our site, like it's one of those things where when it's us and when we're doing it, it feels kind of gross. Like, oh, how are we just like tailoring our page to sell? But as an Outsider, I'm like, it's really important for your store to like have a filter where people can like sort by the types of games that they're interested in, even if we don't have that many of them. Um, I mean, we can assume to some extent that like most people coming to our site are already familiar with our games. It's like it's a different game than niche perfumery, where people are like, okay, New Orlandia is a role-playing game. They're not like, I like. The smell of vanilla. (laughs) A lot more people like the smell of vanilla than like Noirlandia.
0: (laughs) But, like, to be fair, whether or not people know our games, everybody is going to have a first time visiting our website. And that first impression, that first time there, can still go a lot of different ways. Like, maybe they know Noirlandia, but they don't know what else we've made. Maybe they know us by our games, but they don't know us as people and like our general sort of attitude towards games and our podcast is on there and like all this other, all these other aspects of things we'd like to connect people to. There's the potential that somebody goes there for one thing and finds a lot more. And yes. it works for them.
1: I think that it's really easy in this this very like specific corner of the world that we're in to think about the funnel of people discovering us as starting with something like Design Doc, where it's like You like Hannah and Evan. (laughs) You you know us. We're your pals. And then like opening (laughs) up, (laughs) opening up into visiting our website and buying something. And like that's really cool and another great way to support us. And I think it's the wrong way to think about it for us needing to be sustainable game makers. Like we have to think about the funnel starting at our website with strangers. And, and ending a design doc <laughs> instead right, of starting yeah. a design doc does that make sense
0: absolutely yeah
1: uh, so then the question is you know when somebody comes to turtlebun.com like what's what do they see and how clear is it and what's like what are we trying to communicate
0: and I I want to say like in the work that we've done with this like once I'm actually there engaging with this question, of like, what does somebody see when they go to this website? What catches their attention? What are the paths of interest that we want to invite them to take and have available and clear? Once I'm engaging with that, that whole sort of embarrassing snooty attitude I'm bringing of like, ew, sales, (laughs) Uh, it fades away. It's interesting and engaging and like, It feels, is it, is it, is it bad to call it artistic? Like it does feel like there's just a real art to attention.
1: Yeah. No, I I think it's okay to call it artistic.
0: And like a sort of like empathetic connection with somebody who typed in a URL and is already not sure what they're going to find and is maybe a little confused about what they want. <laughs> like <and> just like <laughs> and like to to be able to like catch that intention and understand it and help it and like reward it. It's cool. It's cool work. It's actually really enjoyable for me once I get into it.
1: Yeah. I mean I think at this point it's some of the work that we're having the most fun with and I don't weirdly, you know, this like new obsessive hobby has just really it's helped me reframe it because I've seen for the first time what it looks like to be the confused person who wants something. And sometimes there are roadblocks in my way. And and those roadblocks can like pretty quickly make me choose one site over the other. I'm like, sorry, perfumed court, your website is really scary.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like charming in that way that I don't want to give it my credit card. So <laughs> uh, and I don't I don't want that for us. Yeah, so web, web website like 101 is one thing what's another thing?
0: So I'd say like that sort of like website 101 thing we're talking about is largely about what I'd call like a direct sales strategy. There's a person and there's our game and we want them to do a little exchange of money and then they own a game and we have some some cash (laughs) <laughs> for perfumes,
1: yeah, yeah. There's like there's a there's a life cycle here, <laughs> um,
0: and that involves putting, uh, I mean, just sort of asking directly, like, buy Norlandia. <laughs> you know, like that could look like a social media post. It could look like, ideally, like people talking to other people about it, but it's just a very like make this transaction kind of activity and working to make that as smooth and accessible as possible in front of as many eyeballs as possible. And that also includes us reaching out directly to retailers and saying put our game in your store. Yeah. And this is I'm I'm a big believer in this. I don't know if I should be, but I feel like there's a lot of bookstores and we can, it's just very within our control to send those emails and invite them to stock our games and to do the research to find like what's the best practice around introducing your game to a retailer and how can we organize the information about where we've reached out to and whether they've gotten it back to us and how much stock they have and just starting to set up that network of getting our games out in stores.
1: Yeah. I mean, this. The retailer thing is one that I haven't always been a fan of. You know, it's they take a high cut. That's that's one thing, and and that amount used to feel sort of like a little untenable for us, and also just like we deserved more. <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: how could how could we deserve only fifty percent of of our of our hard effort game? <laughs> um, right. It's one that I've softened to a little bit, but I think that also some of that softening is realizing that like we have control over who we work with and not like we've just had mixed experience with retailers. Some of them kind of are shitty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Some of them have acted a little bit shitty in the past. And I, I think there's like one thing that we're walking in with now is some confidence and also like some rules about the way that we'll work with retailers and not like, I don't do consignment anymore. Uh Stuff, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like when we get paid for our games, we get paid up front and don't want to chase people down to
0: God, give us no. money
1: for, <laughs> 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 you know, like we've been there. So, You know, it used to be this really scrappy thing where sometimes we would approach somebody or somebody would approach us and be like, hey, I'm going to take three of your games because I'm taking a chance on you. I'm just taking them from you right now off of this convention table without paying you anything. I'll follow up when I sell them and we'd be like, okay. Now I'm like robbed. (laughs) I think we just got robbed. And like that happened multiple times. (laughs) We got (laughs) robbed. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes by well-meaning people, sometimes I think just like straight up not. And, you know, now we're like, hey, actually, here's our retailer spreadsheet. Here's the (laughs) here's our retailer form. Here's the minimum order that's required for us to pay for shipping ourselves. And I feel right. I feel like that's also made my relationship with the idea of doing retail sales much better. We're coming into this confident and with the ability to say no.
0: I'm also feeling a little like more... I believe that somebody who picks up one of our books from... A bookstore or a game shop, uh, isn't just a half price sale for us. Like it's a potentially somebody who's going to follow price up, friend. <laughs> a full price friend, yeah. Like you know, it's there's a it's it's getting the games out. It's getting people to know what we're making. It's building a presence. So I think it has more value than just the uh, highway robbery rates that (laughs) retailers offer.
1: No, I mean, it really does. And also something that we did learn from doing Facebook ads with Good Dog, Bad Zombie, and you were talking about this the other day as I was so like grossed out by Facebook ads. And there's a lot of reasons to be grossed out by them. And it was Mm -hmm. also like the main way to get the game in front of people who were just like pure passing by enthusiasm.
0: We found the sweetest people. (laughs) Oh my God. It was
1: amazing. And it was like, you know, somebody would respond, like would, would comment on an ad being like, I love this. I don't play games, but my grandson does. And then tag in like their entire extended family. And it was so sweet. And I feel like that's somebody walking by in a game store, like the the really nice grandma entering a game store and picking up Questlandia because it has a nice cover. Like there's, we're not going to get that any other way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just part of a thing where it's like there's just there's different meeting points with different kinds of people. Like there are some people who are going to hop on Twitter and hunt down the authors and follow what they're doing and try to see what the next thing is. And there are other people who are just scrolling down on Facebook and like just have only the most tangential relationship to even the entire hobby of games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, you know, this could probably be an episode uh, on its own, but at that point, it starts to become about, like, how open or closed do you want this hobby to be? Like.
0: Yeah. I mean, long story short, you want it open and I want it slammed shut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, the only way you should be able to buy our games is through our private Discord. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because weirdly that's like a thing in perfumery too is that there's these few like really – there's like one really, really expensive brand where you have to send them an Instagram message <laughs> to place your order. And, you know, that's a way to do things. <laughs> but yeah. also you have the benefit of, of like – being in an industry there where people are kind of like obsessive collectors of hard to hunt down things—that's not the the mood or the vibe that we're trying to foster with our role playing games. I mean, I want to
0: <laughs> I want to appreciate that vibe just a smidge I think that is <laughs> that is like a genuine thing that some people have with our work. Oh, there, that's I think there fair. are some people who are like, I follow this like little little company of two people and i know both of them and they're always making weird things and i always find out what the next thing is and it's going to be different every time but i just trust them and i'm going to get in there and it's i mean it's like that it's uh it's like knowing like a very uh small band or something like there's I, i think somebody who's into turtle bun as we are right now can legitimately feel a little proud that they found us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, it's I want to, I want to admit that we are, we're diluting that experience, but they, they will always be able to say, you know, I found them when they were still small, <laughs> yeah. they were in Barnes and Noble. No, but yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is we are not trying to foster an air of exclusivity if oh we, no! It's if an accident. Are- <laughs> it's just because
0: we're bad at getting the word out. <laughs> <That's what, yeah.
1: laughs> <laughs> if it's happening, it was it an is incidental. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so those are those are some of our ways that we're going to be working on, like direct sales in the sales part of our lives. We have this other category, though, of like indirect sales,
0: right? Which I guess you could just say is like building buzz. Oh man, don't like these words. Like just it's it's getting attention, and it doesn't have to be attention necessarily on a specific product that somebody's going to buy. It could be attention on the concept of Turtle Bun as a company. It could be attention on the concept of you and me as people, as like a <laughs> creative partnership. Yeah. Um, or it could be around games well, I guess it's I guess I am thinking of this as just sort of like around existing games as well, where it's like, if we released a like an online edition of Questlandia, where it's just a set of tools to be able to play it over the internet more easily, character sheets that you can type into or whatever. That's not us making something that would be for sale but it's us reinvigorating questlandia as it is and like sort of making it new again bringing attention back to it
1: yeah Oh, whoa did you just hear my demon voice
0: i did <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was like uh, it was like like throat singing like it just like my voice just split into high and low and one was a demon and <laughs> I don't know through my headphones, I'm gonna have to listen back, but through my headphones it sounded like a horrible pa- like a demon parrot screaming. So that's
0: that's terrible. No, I can confirm it.
1: Oh yeah. my God. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that
0: happened. I think, I think this is your your uh, advertiser form. <laughs> <laughs> coming out of you
1: like
0: you've become a marketer
1: oh my gosh well we all know that my, my marketer voice is a deranged parakeet <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean that's that's one thing that when you are just running to the next project, um, because of the the pressures of of sort of like, Writing that Kickstarter tale from one one long tale to the next, uh, you don't have have time to like make YouTube videos, playing your game or talking about your game or working on right. expanded FAQs or play resources, and and that's like that is time that we are giving ourselves, and that's like I mean it's a it's a privilege to be able to have that time. There's a reason that we have not had the time to nurture our existing games for eight years
0: yeah like the more i think about this kind of thing the more excited i am because it's a chance to build on a foundation that's already there rather than starting from scratch and just like just sort of polish or expand the possibilities for any one of these games make like a little mini expansion for Questlandia that lets you uh make up plant life in more detail. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's cool. It's like a little botany addition. In a way it's almost it it belongs in an expansion pack. It isn't part of the core game, but it's such a cool thing to be able to bring into the game. I feel like for all of our games, I'm I have tons of ideas for things like that little additions, little uh, extra bits of clarity or tools. It sounds delightful to work on that.
1: I agree. And I think that one reason that it sounds delightful to me also is because it still exists a little bit in the space of like, it being acceptable to talk about. Like, we made a new thing oh, yeah. for Questlandia, of course. <laughs> so it, it's still like it falls squarely in my comfort zone, uh, which I, it's not, yeah, it's not a, like good a point. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> no. Comfort's <laughs> um,
0: okay. We're pro comfort.
1: And I, I think it's also like it's, it is fair to say that there is also only so much repeating you can do to say like questlandia is out questlandia is out questlandia is out you should buy it you should buy this game like at some point that is like beating the same drum over and over again and it's like really important to be able to say something a little bit different (laughs) right so as self-conscious as i am about that like buy buy the thing buy the thing it's like there's some validity there
0: i think that's true um I think it is both like a reason to, it's a valid reason to restate the game's existence and reassert it. And I think it also gives an impression of the game as like a living, supported, loved thing.
1: Yeah. And it's an amazing way to bring new people in, presumably. <laughs> yes, we haven't
0: i guess yeah i guess we'll see if we're amazed
1: i know i i mean this is this is me this is confident uh this is me manifesting
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> you
1: love it. i don't even know what it sounded like i'm just gonna have to hear what it sounded like <laughs> i'm trying not to blow out the mic um yeah, I'm excited. Okay.
0: So I want to mention one other thing, which is like an even more indirect, like zoomed out approach.
1: Yeah, let's get, let's keep zooming out.
0: So in this approach, we're just like, just trying to be out there, man. <laughs> and like, Design Doc is a good example. Like, we're talking about what we're doing. We're putting our words and thoughts out there. Oh,
1: so you mean out there, there like... no out there just being around in the world just you don't being mean,
0: around in the world okay. i don't mean out there like completely Wacky. bizarre okay, that yeah. I, that does happen <laughs> but it's incidental. <laughs> um so so yeah like design docs an example of that in a few years i back in the make big things days we had like a two-player game list i think it was
1: Oh yeah, we did. I I, I just deleted it. A resource. I just deleted it from the Make Big Things website today, as you know. I'm sort of as we're phasing out that website and not wanting Google to direct there. But yes, yeah, we did.
0: And that that list did not tell people to buy our games, but it did bring people to our site
1: it did for a few years it was like one of the top search results for two player role playing games and i mean this was this like predated itch.io too so now there's like so many now there would be more games than could be maintained on that list but it was it was an awesome resource of two player games and it was really fun to maintain and it landed people there
0: yeah it's just like just sharing what we're interested in being present You had a good idea about taking some of the lessons we've learned about like design software and making tutorials for people to use for laying out books or, or whatever else it is we do. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, those are things that for years I've been saying that we'll get stuff like that up on our website. Like, oh, we did like affinity tutorials and stuff. And then it turns out they're like real work.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, that does start to dip over into the making a new thing <laughs> zone.
1: Right. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're trying to resist right now, but the other day we made like some postcards that we're going to slip into all the Kickstarter backers Questlandia shipments. They say thank you and here's where to find printouts or here's uh, like where to follow our next game and expansions for the game. And it was pretty easy to make those postcards, yet at the same time it it took us a few hours as two people who are like relatively competent with design and also we're not putting our every single best that we had into this postcard. And uh-huh. I can imagine that being a significant amount of work for somebody who's like, oh, that's a really good idea to like slip thank you notes into my Kickstarter stuff when I ship it. And I just like I don't know where to get started to do that. So, I mean, the idea for us of like stripping out turtle bun stuff, replacing it with some stock assets and nice messaging and just like bundling that affinity template and putting it on our website, it's, it's like relatively easy
0: <laughs> right. and
1: it's such a nice resource. And yeah, it's a nice resource.
0: It would feel so good to get that out there and have people use it. We made that big custom uh, spreadsheet to do list for oh, Questlandia. Yeah. I know
1: I've been we promising could make that, that universal. That yeah. was a cool one. See, I just I just get distracted, and well, there's just so many things, that I'm excited to do. But yes, I mean, this is these are the things that we did not have time to do when we were actually making a book, and now we do. And I mean, those are the things where, like, sometimes I go to a website, and like, you can just tell you're being like you're being SEO'd. You're like, oh, shit, somebody is SEOing the hell out of me. Like They're like, and here's your five templates for becoming a better creative writer today. But to download yeah, it, you right. have to sign up for our email list. But wait, wait, wait. Don't you want this thing? I don't think that's the energy we are bringing to this. Um, and I
0: don't think we could do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, don't, I don't know if we could do it if we tried. And And still, you know, and still it's, it is bringing people to Turtle Bond, like as a resource and as a presence.
0: And also we could start making our own perfumes.
1: Yeah. You know, some things that I I just feel like I should leave to the
0: pros. (laughs) (laughs) You say that now.
1: Oh, I'm like, I feel like at some point I should accept like that my making. Well, no. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. The future don't is the it. future is unwritten. Don't
0: accept it. So l- look look for our books in your local shop.
1: Yeah, actually honestly, well we do not we do not know about all of the game stores and some game stores, I'm going to be honest, a little bit Eh.
0: (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) you went there.
1: I really did. (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know. Like, you know. Eh. So if you have like a a friendly local game store that you like and they stock indie games, uh, let us know. We'll reach out to them.
0: That would be... Fantastic. Also, like it's a great love it's to a great love to hear some personal recommendations of stores.
1: Yeah. So uh uh we have an email. It's designdocpod at gmail
0: You know what to do. <laughs> you know how to email. You're a professional.
1: <laughs> and if you don't, we'll have a resource on our website.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sending an email with Turtle Bun.
1: <laughs> We're always here to help for those who are faltering. So before our post credits, this is also just like one more time for us to say that uh, Questlandia is out, and we've we worked really hard on it. I think it's a great second edition. We're calling it a second edition now, even though we kind of made that decision like after printing the books. <laughs> we were so resistant. Yeah, the book
0: itself does not call itself a second edition. <laughs>
1: Oops, but that's okay. We're still learning, and like our our branding is still it's it's still getting it's it's like. It's clay. It's clay that's being shaped.
0: It's like looking back now, I'm like, wow, is it a second edition? <laughs> like, it, it, I was resistant to it. Like, the whole process, I was like, no, it's just a little tweak.
1: I it's know. just a couple of tweaks. I and then so, like, yeah.
0: And now looking back, it's like we rewrote every line of the book. It's completely new. It's a different book.
1: It is. I, I feel like it should have like a, just literally a mark on the cover and like a big star that's like second edition. Because I feel like that would even encourage some people to pick it up off the shelf who are like, I don't know what the first edition was, but this looks fancy and new. Yeah. But we didn't do that. And that's okay. It's available. And I'm proud of it. We Me would too. love for you to buy it.
0: I've healed my relationship with it.
1: Yeah. We love it. It's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Legitimately, I mean like having it at the convention was definitely revitalizing for me.
1: Oh yeah, that was great. Seeing
0: people discover it for the first time and pick it up and be like, ooh
1: Yeah, people liked it. Nice. And we hope you like it too.
0: The Design Doc intro outro theme was written by our friend, musician Pat King. Thanks, Pat.
1: Design Doc is hosted by the One Shot Podcast Network. One Shot hosts other great shows like Mystery County Monster Hunters Club. Check out Mystery County Monster Hunters Club, an actual play podcast where the heroes are teens and the teens are a mess. Join a group of impulsive but well-meaning after-school monster hunters in the year 2006, doing their best to protect a weird little town in the 51st state of Superior. Oh, I love this. This is a great description. I've never read this description before. (laughs) Through the game monster of the week, this cast of improvisers confronts cryptids, magic, and the biggest monster of all. What do you think it is, Evan?
0: Capitalism.
1: Oh, it's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> My bad. I shouldn't have asked you Find Mystery <laughs> County Monster Hunters Club At mysterycounty.com Or your favorite podcast app It's not capitalism It's a feeling, <laughs> Seven It's feeling <Evan>. <laughs> All right
0: <laughs> uh, This work is supported by Patreon our Patreon, not Patreon in general.
1: No, Patreon, Patreon... Gave us shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you're going to go to Patreon, don't just go to do a, do a slash turtle bun at the end there. <laughs> Cause it's dumb.
1: <laughs> All right, keep it going.
0: Or is there more to say on on our Patreon? We share our work in progress. We record little, little, how are you doing today snippets? It's just a, it's like a chill zone. It's a chill place to be.
1: I think you really sold them on the Patreon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to sell it.
1: That was was harsh of me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take a break from the chaos of modern living visit patreon.com slash turtlebun
1: that's what we have for you today we will see you soon heroes <laughs>